episode of NBA Geekly, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What up, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. Just ready to talk some uh, some NBA. Um, sucks that we got to lead off with such a fucking shitty topic, but it's definitely the biggest story oh, yeah. um, of so. the week. So, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, he has suffered a torn ACL. Would imagine that's going to put him out for the season. Um, that's possible. I mean, yeah, like suffering it like this close to the start of the season. Like what? They're they're projecting Clay to be back like March, April, somewhere there, and his right. was like what? You know, six weeks, two months ago, two months ago now. Right. So and he's yeah, bigger. So. You know, I mean, he he, he did a Bigger. good job of coming back with his his injury last time, but come on, bro, that's probably why yeah. he got hurt again because he rushed. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it very well might be. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I think that's definitely why he got the hamstring injury. Um, and then, like, he probably really should have been taking it easy. Um, you know, after suffering that injury, um, but I, I do. Did you read? Because all I saw was the the tweet from Shams. Did you read? Was this just in like a a, a, a practice, or do you do you know? Yeah, he was practicing. He was, in, um, he was training in Vegas, and uh, he got you there. I thought it was just yeah. like a knee sprain or some shit. And I didn't think of much of it, and then yeah, it came out they tore this. I'm like, God damn it, yo, that sucks ass. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, this is it's crazy because this is a guy who, if he you know if he doesn't tear his Achilles in that in that contract year, um, he's probably on like a four year, what one hundred twenty million dollar contract or a five year one hundred fifty million dollar contract. Um, I mean, he would have gotten a max contract. Whatever the amount was at that time, he would have gotten a max contract. So he went from that to making what five, five and a half last year, three and a half this year, so nine million over the last two seasons when he probably should have been making like sixty over the last two seasons. And now this, mm-hmm. like, I mean, gosh, I feel so bad for the guy. And the thing is, like, um, I think Demarcus Cousins is. Maybe not as much anymore, but for a while there, especially when he was in Sacramento, he's probably one of the most misunderstood players in the NBA. Like the the for stuff sure. that this guy does, or like particularly like did uh, in and around the community in Sacramento, um, like when that um, when that that uh, police shooting happened in Sacramento, he paid for the um, he paid the family for for the guy's um, funeral service. Um, right. And like, and, and that's just like one of the few things that actually leaked out. Like from what I've heard, there's a ton of shit that he did while he was in Sacramento that he just like never cared to publicize. Like he didn't, he didn't want the attention for it, you know? Um, right, right. and you know, it just sucks. Like, I think, I think Boogie's really like one of the most genuine, like nice guys that is in the league. Um, and it just sucks. Like it sucks that, he just has not been able to stay healthy for the past, what, two years now. No, he hasn't. It's been sad, really, if anything, because it's like one of those things where he was 
uh, arguably the best center in the league, you know? So it's like yeah. um, he's lost out on so much money because of his injuries. And, like, and they happened at the worst possible time. Like he was just about yeah. to get into his money. Uh, he was definitely going to get maxed out wherever he went. Uh, now, it's just, it, there's no way he ever gets a max again. <laughs> yeah. it, it's too fragile now. Uh, and look, he's, he's a big dude, but he's kind of, I mean, now he constantly has knee issues, and it's like, uh, he'll, it sucks. It really does. He was definitely the X factor for the Lakers this year, because if he was healthy at all, I mean, that's a third all-star, part borderline superstar, but look at, <laughs> now he's hurt again. And uh, right. that really sucks, like, a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, particularly for him, because I wonder, and, like, I don't I don't take any joy in saying this, but I wonder schematically if this maybe makes things easier for the Lakers as far as, like, they were going to be in a situation where, obviously, Anthony Davis wants to play the four. LeBron wants to play the three. LeBron should be playing the four. Anthony Davis should be playing the five. Now that they don't have Boogie, obviously a lot of that's going to mean JaVale McGee gets more minutes. But at the same time, it might be easier from a coaching staff perspective for Vogel or Kid to come in and be like, look, let's just fucking test it. Like we're going to be a we're going to be a fast team. We're going to move a lot. It's not like we're going to ask you to, like, bang in the paint against people, AD. Like, we think we'll be a lot better with, like, this sort of scheme um, than, you know, if, uh, you know, than than essentially playing big, I guess. Um, So I wonder if in a weird way it, 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 I guess what I'm getting at is obviously it sucks losing Cousins, but maybe it forces them to get creative, which ends up not hurting them in the long run. Like put it this way. I said like connect it to something tangible. Um, Like, you know, like in, when they were shooting jaws and they had so many problems with the mechanical shark. So they, they tried to shoot it um, in such a way that they used the shark as little as possible. And it's the, the not seeing the shark that is actually more terrifying than when you actually see it. Um, like kind of like in a way like that where you you take something that's um a detriment and then you can kind of flip it and and not have it be so um detrimental against you. Do you think that's a possibility? Do you see that um a, a, as far as from the Lakers perspective this not hurting them um like that much throughout the course of the season? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Because, uh, like I said, him being healthy was a long shot anyway. <laughs> like uh, right. being staying like 100% healthy. Um, and and I still thought like he would have ended up starting at center if he was healthy. Uh, yeah. Long term, but you know now they don't have to worry about forcing him to start at center. Like he doesn't. They don't got to worry about that decision anymore. They want to start Javale McGee. Right. They can start Javale McGee. They want to go smaller and have Anthony Davis play center. And they bring. Uh, and then Kuzma maybe the four, and then go with uh, LeBron either at the three or the one because they teased him playing the point guard. Uh, so it's like one of those things where they have options now, and they can play faster. And uh, as good as DeMarcus Cousins is, he's a liability defensively, especially if he's injured. So it might actually help out defensively that he's not on the floor. 
but you lose a great offensive asset uh, that could have been or could have been. But and now he's not there from the beginning. You don't have to worry about what he could have given you because he's not even not worried. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So right. Uh, I don't even know. Let's see. If McGee starts, or do, do you remember if they have any other center? I forget if they signed another center or not. I don't. Uh, did they sign uh, Tyson Chandler? I feel like no, they he's had on the him, Rock. he's on the Rockets. He went somewhere else. Okay, yeah, he's yeah on the right. He went to the Rockets. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if they do I or think not. They did. I have to look it up, but um, I think they did, but I don't remember. Anyway, they don't have to. They'll probably play small regardless, even though they're really they're, they're small and still pretty big. Uh, and I think it still worked out. The Javale McGee had a really good year last year. <laughs> Regardless of what we yeah. talk about, all the shit we wanted, uh, and then he'll just end up starting again this year, and it it, it works out uh, overall because um, this will, this will be a better Laker team than last year's Laker team. So overall, it sucks for Boogie. It sucks for the Lakers, but at the same time, it's not a big loss for the Lakers. Right, they don't have another true center on the roster. Um, they have Jared Dudley, who played some. Small ball five for the Nets yeah, last year. Um, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> um, I mean, he was – when Ed Davis got hurt in that series with the Sixers, he was like the – kind of like a spark plug for them. Um, okay. I mean, he didn't end up winning them any games but um, after that injury. But, um, you know, he was – I mean, he ended up being kind of one of their more reliable um, kind of backups. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, so I think, I mean, yeah. I think maybe that means you go out and get somebody. Um, but I mean, cause center, there's just Cheap gotta be options. somebody out there on the market. Yeah. Just Noah, maybe. Um, he's out there, but he's uh, out there. yeah, I mean, at this point, like if you don't have cousins for the whole year, you might as well. I mean, it would suck. So like just cut cousins, but I mean, if he's, if he's out for the whole year, you only got to sign to a one year deal, right? Right, so like they might just cut doing. that kid, right? Exactly. Or I don't know how well close to the the you know Andre Kumpo can play center, but he's pretty long. Um, I mean, he's probably not very strong, <laughs> but right. uh, he's pretty much I would say more of a big long term. Um, right. I don't know. Uh, that opens up some minutes for for that kid, uh, who they picked up off of uh, off of waivers because Dallas cut him. So uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, like. I can't imagine Noah won't come for for the minimum. (laughs) Right. Well, especially, like, I mean, I think he's been in the league for 10 years now. I mean, a minimum for a 10-year guy is like $2.5 million. Like, it's it's a million dollars less than what they paid Boogie. Um, So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be any any big deal. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, I mean, like I said, I think um, you really try to, you know, basically look at Anthony Davis and be like, dude, look, we signed Boogie, but I mean, at this point, it's either we, you know, we cut somebody, maybe even Boogie, um, to to bring in another center so you can play power forward, or you, you're going to have to play like center half the time. Um, and, I think he knows. You know, <laughs> I hope yeah, so. Know, but... I mean, I, the thing is, he should know that playing center makes the most sense for him in today's NBA, like not all the time, but like you know, no, I mean, against yeah, against eighty percent of the other teams in the league, he should be playing the five for the whole game. 
Right. Um, yeah. Now, if you want to, if you want to argue when they, if you know, they'll they'll play Philadelphia twice this year. Like if they're like, if you're going up against Joel Embiid, yeah, maybe you want to put McGee on him, like so you don't have to take that pounding um, for a whole game. Right. Um, and you know, you just slot him in on um uh, uh oh shit I was gonna say Tobias Harris but uh honestly Al Horford um which isn't much mm-hmm. isn't much better um but nevertheless no, like, you know, that would be an instance where you know you would you would definitely want uh want to play him the majority of the game in power forward but most teams I don't I don't yeah. think that's the case. Um but yeah it'll be interesting. Um but I, I, I hope this kind of points them in the right direction to, to play that best lineup with like basically LeBron's going to run the point offensively, but he's not going to guard opposing point guards. But like, if you can get like Braun to be your guy to control the ball, AD playing the five, um, then you can work Kuzma in, uh, and then you throw in Danny green and either Caldwell Pope or Avery Bradley, whoever ends up playing better this season. I have no clue which one it'll be. Um, but one of those two guys, um, that that makes a lot of sense because you know both uh, Green and either Caldwell Pope or Bradley are going to be more equipped to guard the opposing team's backcourt. Then you can slide LeBron mm-hmm. off to guard um, one of the forwards um, along with Kuzma, and then have AD you know play defensively and offensively playing the five. Um, I think that's they're going to be their best lineup. That's the lineup that they should use. Um, Probably the, as much as possible this season. Um, this this might actually make that um, lineup just have to play more minutes, and it might actually be beneficial. Um, I agree. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I still am. I still feel terrible. I still feel fucking terrible no, for yeah. Boogie Cousins because um, yeah. this. I mean, it's just a shitty situation. But um, of course, we wish him the best. Like I said, I think he's sure. one of the most genuine fucking awesome dudes in the league um and uh wish him a speedy recovery of course um but all right yep. let's move on uh just wanted to talk about this real quick it was honestly like the only big news thing before today <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh joseph uh Sai, i guess would be how you pronounce it um founder of yeah. alibaba Bye. he has agreed to purchase Complete ownership of the Brooklyn Nets for $2.35 billion. Um, essentially, he um, he had already bought like 49% um, for like one point something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Now he's doling out the rest of that. Ends up to a total of $2.35 billion um, to buy the Nets. Um, I think this is – I, I kind of think this, and by the way, this is the most um, most money ever spent on a professional team, at least in uh, in the United States. I don't. It might be different for like a soccer club in Europe or something. Um, mm. But I think this this is this has got a brand of of humor in it for me, um, because like essentially uh, every time you look at like the like. Like I guess the net worth of like teams, um, it, like every time you know Forbes releases releases their oh this is what you know this team is worth or blah 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 blah, um, you know, you always see Brooklyn up there and you always see the Clippers up there, 
Um, the Lakers and Knicks are always the highest, um, but uh, the Bulls are always, you know, pretty high up there. Um, but you always see Brooklyn and you always see the Clippers. Um, and it's funny to me. I mean, it's obviously because of the market. Um, but these are two teams that, you know, have not necessarily historically been good. They each had um, some some good runs. Uh, you know, obviously the Clippers a little more recently with Lob City. Um, they, right. you know, also, uh, you know, the Nets back with, um, you know, Jason Kidd and, and Vince Jason Carter, and, and, Carter. Yep. and Richard Jefferson and all those Even guys. before, yeah, even um, before that with Kmar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, like historically they, you know, they, they don't have the best track record, um, no, in the NBA. Really. Of course, the ABA is a different story. The Nets were great and they had, yeah. you know, that's still uh, Dr. You know, J awesome, and all that. You know? <laughs> What's that? That's, that still existed. They'd be awesome, yeah, for sure. Right, Legendary. exactly. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, um, I, the reason I think this is funny is because these these franchises are always valued um, very highly because of the market that they're in. Um, and yet, like Brooklyn had the worst attendance of any team last year. Um, like no one gave a shit about them, and it's uh, like, and they weren't even like really bad. What? They were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying, man. Like they are a genuinely, um, like they were last year, a genuinely good team. They made the playoffs. They were. They had an all star. Granted, a replacement all star, yep. but still an all star. Um, and like still, they had like the worst attendance in the league. Um, I think like I see. It, this is why I think it's funny because. When Mikhail Prokhorov bought the team, you know, he was basically like, you know, we're in this to win, and he spent a shit ton of money, and then, like, basically, you know, they, they made, the, like, all those terrible trades, um, had, like, this crazy high payroll, um, and then, basically, there was, like, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, like, it wasn't looking good, their players were all old and beat up, and then, you know, um, they're paying, like, the highest – you know, payroll yeah. in the league, and basically he was just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> he was yeah. like, we're going to cut and stretch fucking D- uh, Darren Williams. We're going to fucking, like, trade off all these other pieces, um, yeah. like, cut and run, fuck this shit. I don't care. Cocky, Mr. Prokhorov. Right. That was a very yeah. long season. million shit. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, but, like, now it's basically like he's like, all right, fuck it, like, this team's at like a really peak value, so I'm gonna go ahead and fucking sell it, take 2.35 yeah, billion. Yeah. I don't know, I can't even remember what he paid for it, but it wouldn't be even close to that. Um, but yeah, so like now he's and now this dude's coming in. He's obviously very successful. Alibaba is like a huge, big fucking worldwide company. Um, I don't know exactly what they yeah. do, um, but I know I know it's, it's made him a it's shit ton like, of money because he just dropped 2.35 billion dollars on a basketball team. What's that? Yeah, it's like eBay. So it's like eBay. So it's like online oh, market. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't buy shit. So there. There you go. Um, there you go. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I think that I, I. I. Do you get? Do you get where I'm like going with this? Like I. Like what happens when this shit isn't successful, and like no like, one comes like out to the game? <laughs> well, I mean, it's very possible. Like, like, look. Uh, you know, I read an interesting article the other day about how um, Kevin Durant um, essentially injured his um, 
like the the Achilles tear uh, was actually on like okay. his non plant leg, um, and okay. how the other like the other like famous person who had that happen to was Dominique Wilkins, who's like the only person to make that full recovery. Because if you're a right-handed player, generally speaking, right. you're gonna plant and go off your left leg, and it's it, the injury is right. on his right leg. Um, so okay. it's 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 an optimistic op, excuse me optimistic look at like the projected outcome of what he can be when he comes back. Um, right, and I think right. there's some merit to that. You know, I think that's an interesting case study. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. But nevertheless, like if this doesn't work out for any multitude of reasons, whether um, you know KD comes back and he's not the same, Kyrie just. Yeah. Chemistry Karma. fucks everything up. You know, that's um, how I like to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Karis Levert's coming up for a, a contract extension. Like, yeah. what if they, you know, what if somebody gives him like a Zach Levine or even crazier offer and they got to match that? Um, yeah. Torian Prince is coming up for uh, a contract extension next year as well. Um, I don't expect right. him to get huge money, but. Um, you know, Something. once you start tallying yeah. all that together, it all adds up. Jared Allen isn't far away from – I think he's got two more years on his rookie deal. Um, so this is like it, – it's tallying up. It's a lot of fucking money. And now, of course, this dude is probably a lot like Steve Ballmer. Like he doesn't care. But like the thing is that the inherent <laughs> thing about the Clippers is they have like this infrastructure, not um, basketball-wise, but as far as like they, they built a – good enough brand to where people cared about them and they're just like <clears throat> they're they're like the cheaper um like the cheaper lakers uh in, yeah. in and around la um and so right. people like like for instance bill simmons uh celtics fan he he's a season ticket holder for the clippers like he's like you know fuck i love basketball like i live in la like i'll go to some clippers games because i like going to fucking basketball games um mm-hmm. and you know like that that's the thing, like all these transplants that come in that fucking hate the Lakers, like that's you know all well and good, you know, um, and, right, it, and right. it's sustainable, and they don't have a problem with attendance. Brooklyn ha- has for a while now had a terrible problem with attendance, pretty much since they got there. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I just I'm just painting a picture um, of various ways where I think this could all go terribly wrong. Um, I don't necessarily know that Brooklyn, that the Nets franchise. Now, it could be. If everything works out, it definitely could be. But I, as it stands right now, I am skeptical as to think whether or not I would, even if I had that kind of loot, um, if, if that's like the true value of the Brooklyn Nets, even with the market that they're in, even with the stars they just got. Um, what are your just overall thoughts? I know I just rambled a lot, but just anything you want to add in there. Well, you know, the natural pop the next rant is usually where I go with. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, good to have a new owner, uh, official owner, uh, who seems to not mind spending money on garbage. Um, so I don't, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I do think, you know, he got a. I don't know how much he actually ended up paying overall. I know he ended up what two two point eight five dollars. Yeah, but that was like he already had forty nine percent. So I'm like the, the Nets would probably cost more than no. It was, if it was straight up. I, I read I read the article. It was he had already put in 
like I don't we'll, we'll just say like 1.3 um and then he put oh, in like an additional 1.15 which brought it or 1. Point whatever that brought it to, to right. 2.35 so 2.35 gotcha. total right. is is the mark okay gotcha all right so i mean that's still like i think Nick can go out for more but um that motherfucker don't sell. Um, and, and the, the point is the Nets will be the talk of the town. Uh, at least, you know, maybe not the town, but at least the country. I mean, no one gives a fuck about the Nets in New York. You just got to – it's the truth. <laughs> um, until Kevin Durant, they won't be spewed very much locally. Uh, they'll be just right. like last year, but they'll have a headache on their hands, a, a talking point in Kyrie Irving. So good or bad, they'll, they'll at least have uh, uh, someone to talk about in Kyrie Irving. Uh, to, to focus on, so that's cool for them. Uh, Katie, until Katie comes back, um, spotlight will won't, won't be as high. So a lot of like, especially in the city, this won't be as much. They'll know that they're not winning any championship anytime soon. But at least, that's the very least, they'll expect something more uh, this season with uh, just Kyrie. Um, even though I I, I don't see a, a big jump. Um, but I do see some of the jump. I think they will. They're more of a middle tier playoff team. They're not top top level, but they're somewhere in the middle. Um, but they'll definitely make the playoffs, in my opinion. So um, I don't know. A good acquisition for him. I guess he wanted to get into the basketball business, and he's now he's in it. And I don't know how he is as a person or as an owner yet, because uh, now he's in full control. And it looks like the, at least the Brooklyn Nets, at the very least, their arena is beautiful. And uh, Brooklyn is on the rise. It's a very hip town. <laughs> uh, but it is just a fucking island. So, fuck it. You know, so it doesn't represent the city. <laughs> right. It ain't fucking Manhattan. Um, no, it's not. But, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how, how all this works out. Like, I actually feel like as far as, as far as a borough, I would probably be feel more at home in Brooklyn than I would Manhattan, just knowing my personality. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more homey, I'll never, say that. Yeah, Queen, I've never been like, to New York. Like I'm not a posh kind of guy, though. Like, um, hey, man. New York is for everyone. You probably be Right, but that's island. what I'm saying. Manhattan is, <laughs> is, in my mind, the kind of more posh part of town. It's, uh, it's, yeah, the, it's more expensive. The fancier. Yeah, Manhattan is stupid. It's, more expensive, it's, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. there you go. It right. I'm not yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, I, I would imagine I, on a much larger scale, but I would imagine it's like what Midtown is here in Atlanta. Like that's the, uh, um, I would assume I, I've been to Atlanta. I just don't know how the pricing, I forget how, how the pricing was. I'll tell you right now, I spent the night in New York a couple of times and, uh, living the, <laughs> the, the apartments there, you pay a lot to live in a closet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm well aware. Um, That's pretty but, crazy. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know. So I, I don't, I'm I'm not talking shit about uh, Brooklyn. I don't think you are either, as far as the no. borough. It's no, Brooklyn's really nice. Um, I really like Brooklyn as a yeah. city. It's a very nice city. But uh, yeah. fuck the team. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, we'll see see how this all pans out. I just I like I bet you that like Prokhorov is going to have no fucking regrets for selling this team. Like I, it would be, I imagine it would just be such a fucking drag to like have yeah. a team that like no one cared about. And no one came out to watch your fucking basketball games. Even when you're fucking good for a season, it's like people yeah. still aren't coming. Like it's like, yeah. you know, say what you want about, you know, I don't know. Uh, let's say like new Orleans, like, you know, they, they, they've always had like, 
kind of spotty fans, uh, at least for basketball. Um, but like, you know, it, it's it's a small ass city. Like I would imagine in a city that small, yeah, it's, it's gonna be like a little difficult. Um, it's very you're nice. in like the <laughs> biggest city in America, and you're like last in attendance. Like that's fucking unbearably fucking <laughs> it, ridiculous. Um, it's just a lot so to do in the city. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, Brooklyn's popping. You know. Yeah, more than just basketball enough. in Brooklyn uh, or in New York in general, yeah. but and they don't have the family. They haven't been. Or they, I mean, they just got to Brooklyn only a couple of years. There's a lot of the Brooklyn people are still Knicks fans at the end of the day. Right. Um, we still have some like transplants that you know are fed up with the Knicks and like fuck it, we have a team now. So it's, well, it's just because this is Brooklyn, there, and that's it. Just happens that way sometimes. They represent Brooklyn, but you know it is what it is. Um, but. Yeah, they're never gonna have the, the fan base the New York Knicks are, and I don't think that's something they need to to worry about. I mean, it, it just win and the people will come. As long as they win, eventually well, see, the people will come. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not I'm not expecting they ever have the fan base that the Knicks have. Just like the Clippers will never have the fan base that the Lakers have. Right. But the Clippers exactly. have a legitimate fan base. Like the Nets, yeah, but they, play, they also play in the same arena. <laughs> that's true. But like for now, for not now. Long, not really, like, yeah, not five years. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, sure. yeah, like, I don't know. I they might get a I, new name, too, apparently. What's that? They might even get a new name, apparently. He was not, he said he's not leaving yeah, on that. Yeah, I don't buy that. No? I don't buy that at it? all. No, like, why? Why? Like, why now? Like, oh. what if you win the championship this year? Then you're going to change your name? Like, that's stupid. Like, yeah, keep your that's fucking true. Name. But like, that's why I was very it, it, upset when, like, the Warriors won their shit. Cause I really wanted them to become the San Francisco Warriors again instead of Golden State. Uh, After they won those championships, I'm like, fuck, they ruined nah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're Golden State. Yeah. Um, I hate it. But, uh, but yeah. Cool. That makes no I, sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a cop-out. So they, they didn't, like – so, like, people in San Francisco – like I, there's like the whole rivalry between the city and the town yeah. and Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I mean, I bet that has a lot to do with it. They didn't want to be the yeah. Oakland Warriors. So they've always, <laughs> I guess treated, not. they've always kind of treated Oakland like shit. <laughs> like the Warriors. They sure like, yeah, they, they basically used Oakland for like, a, what, better part of three or four decades. Cause they didn't want to fucking, yeah. Paid to to have an arena in San Francisco, and then when it became, you know, not only financially viable but like lucrative, they were like, "Yeah, fuck Oakland, all you awesome people who embraced our team and like, you know, (laughs) used to come out and support this team when they were shitty as hell. Now that we're good, and they were shitty, make a shit ton of money. We're moving to San Francisco. We're moving back to San Francisco. Um, By the way." For the last two or three years that we're here in Oakland, we're gonna price out everybody who's been loyal to our fucking team. <laughs> like, just like, oh my god! Like, God bless America and God bless fucking capitalism, because that is like the. I love to say that capitalism at that is best. That's <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we'll we'll see how this ends up working out for for the Nets. Uh, I'll be intrigued to follow it. By the way, I was trying to um, I was sure. trying to search earlier and I just couldn't find it. Like I don't I don't know like a a great place to look, but I like Google like Nets preseason well, ticket sales. Um, okay. I couldn't find it. It was just trying to get me to buy <laughs> like everyone like, you want? all the first you want? Like, three pages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, please buy our ticket. 
It's like, no, I just want to know how, other, how many people are buying your tickets. Well, because I saw yeah. the report, like, the, the Hawks ticket sales, uh, like, season ticket sales spiked, like, 70% from what they were last year. Because everybody, like, here is really excited about the team. It's like, oh, fuck, man, we got Trey Young, John Collins, um, you know, Kevin Herter, and now we drafted these two kids. Like, everybody loves uh, Cam Reddish uh, here in Atlanta, like, the fans anyway. Um, they fucking, yeah. like, they legit love this guy. I'm not as high on him as, as a lot of them. I'm not low on him or anything. I'm just not, like, over the moon. Um, but, yeah, like, so I, I was intrigued. I was like, I wonder, like, what, like, how much the season ticket sales have gone up, um, you know, for uh, for Brooklyn since, you know, their big summer. Um, but I couldn't find it. I'll be interested if, if I come across that bit of information. I'll have to share it on a later podcast. Um, for sure. But uh, but yeah, we'll 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 monitor it. We'll see. All right, let's move on. I wanted to take uh, just a couple minutes. I was sitting I was sitting at work today, and I was thinking about um, I was actually listening to uh, the Dunk Dunn podcast, Nate Duncan's podcast. Um, pretty good mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I was I was a little pissed. They did the um, their uh, uh, off season reviews for the Eastern Conference teams. Um, they gave mm-hmm. uh, Nate gave my Hawks a D minus um, for their off season. Yeah, it was not high on it at all. And like he had some valid points. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna crush the guy. Um, and I listened to his podcast. You know, a, a, it's one of one of the better ones out there in my opinion. Um, especially because of Danny Larue. He's just like super fucking smart dude. Um, but uh, but yeah, he gave them a D minus, and then of course he gave the Knicks a D minus, and I was like, damn, this motherfucker gave both our teams D minuses. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, dude. I mean, they brought up some good points. I mean, some points that I've shared on this show. But regardless, I was still like, damn, though, like fucking like yeah, you brought up some good points, but you, like still, I feel like a D minus is a little harsh on both sides. Yeah, it's really. very harsh. That's ridiculous. Yeah, man. yeah. But anyway, um. But they were they were talking about um, they were talking about Charlotte, and this, this I got to mention this before I get in? into what I'm what they got a B plus. I was like, how the are fuck you give Charlotte a better grade than anybody? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was a D plus. Maybe it was a D minus as well. But he didn't give him an F. I remember that. I remember he didn't give him an F. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, so I was listening to this podcast and we're you know talking about this shit and this just kind of kicked off this my brain going on a tangent. Um, so like with this whole Kimba thing, so I was I was working on this today. Um, so apparently, like according to multiple sources, like they they were trying to give him five years, one hundred and sixty million, which is just kind of a slap in the face. I mean, uh, he got a, a four year, one hundred and forty million dollar contract. Um, from Boston. So they were trying to get him to stay by offering him an extra $20 million with a fifth year. And it's like, dude, no, I'm not going to fucking take that. Um, so I, I just kind of mapped this out as far as like an interesting, I think something interesting to monitor and something interesting to maybe look at going into the future. So, um, you know, he, he was, you know, on a press, uh, tour thing that he was doing i think over in japan and they and and a reporter asked him like would you be willing to you know take less you know less than the max 
And he said, yeah, like, I mean, my focus, my, you know, priority right now is, is Charlotte and that's where I want to be. And, um, you know, like I, all, I would be willing to take less. Um, so like, a, he said he, you know, willing to take less his, his focus. And that was like, like essentially when that news dropped, we were like, well, shit, I guess he's staying in Charlotte. That sucks. Um, and then, then they just completely lowballed him. And then, so he ended up going to Boston. Um, but so here's the interesting thing, and this is what really kind of kicked this off for me. The fact that he was willing to take less, coupled with the fact that he qualified for the Supermax, they could have essentially – they would have had the flexibility to basically pay him a max contract, um, like a normal max contract that he, he would get um, like just for the amount of time he's been in the league and all of that. Um, but because he qualified for the Supermax, they could start him at um, $38 million instead of $32 million, well, $32.7. Um, but they could start him at that higher number because he qualified for the Supermax. So they get basically you can pay a player 35% of the cap. So the reason I bring that up and what that means is because you can start him at $38 million, you can basically negotiate a, a regular max contract, but have it be descending so it doesn't lose so much value over time. Like, essentially, one of the big reasons why, um, say, a player like Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul or whatever, um, like, those guys, are, are their contracts aren't looked at as favorable is because they just keep going up. Um, but if you can start a dude at $38 million, and then slowly take it down over the course of five years while the cap continues to rise, then you basically keep a fixed value on your assets. So I, I did the math. Um, they could offer him a five-year, $185 million contract, and how that would break out is year one would be $38 million, then it would go up for year two to 41 and then it would go back down to $38 million and continue going down um, so third year, $38 million, fourth year, $35.25 million, and then fifth year, $32.75 million. Um, just to give you some context, in that third year when he would be making $38 million, um, the standard 30% max um, for a player with a projected salary cap uh, that is $125 million is $37.5 million. Um, so he would basically be on like a max contract, and that would be – the year 2020, 2021, um, excuse me, uh, 21-22 rather, um, that all those you know, other – like the next big wave of free agents hit. Um, so that would be a supremely great tradable asset that you would have at that point if you kept him for just those first two years when you're overpaying him a little bit. Um, if in if in those two years or if in that third year when your cap opens back up because you know all of those bad contracts that they have are either expiring this year or next year, um, that would give them the flexibility to either go out and get some help for Kimba in that third year, or it would would have given them the possibility to trade him for any team that missed out on, you know, you know getting that that one superstar to get the other guy to come a la your um, Los Angeles Clippers um, scenario, <clears throat> excuse me, where they didn't get the, the two max guys, 
they traded for one to get the the you know Kawhi basically. Um, and then like when you're looking at you're looking at his age, um, he's 29. So this would be for um, and he like just turned 29 in May. Um, so basically, uh, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Um, I'd say maybe the last year of that deal. Um, or maybe the, the the last year of that contract, rather, um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be in his prime anymore. But I think he would still be good. He's always he's always been a workhorse. I don't think he's ever played under seventy games uh, in a regular season. Um, he's he's just always been healthy um, for his whole career. And because of the way the contract would be set up and it would be descending um, that final year, you'd only be paying him thirty two point seven five million. Um, at that, which at that point, like, you know, just regular max players would be looking at $40 million a year with the way that salary cap is, is, is projected to rise. Um, so I was just I, like, I was doing all this math and like thinking about this. And I think this will be a really interesting. I think this would have been an, a really interesting case study had they basically used the super max to manipulate a way that they could pay him a max contract, like a regular max contract, but have it as a descending contract to maintain value. Um, I wonder if that happens some point in the near future um, with a player um, just because, A, like, that makes more sense for, you know, when you're right in the midst of your prime or when you're tailing off from your prime, your contract should reflect that. But also... Um, it would make sense for a player to take it, um, even though it's not technically the max money he could make. Um, that would still be over the course of those four years versus the deal that he signed with um, uh, uh, Boston. Um, he would stand to make $11.5 more million dollars um, by you know, signing that deal, plus he gets the extra fifth year of you know, the added $32.75 um, $32. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'll be interested interested to see if there's like a fringe guy, um, you know, who makes like third team All NBA, and a smart organization looks at this situation not as a detriment, but as a a a positive, and almost as dude, like this is fucking great. We can fucking pay him more upfront now, um, because I mean, really, at this point, he's honestly worth that money. Um, and we can make it descending, uh, which is just going to give us like so much greater value, and it's still going to be so much better than what he can get anywhere else. That you know, unless he just doesn't want to be here, which obviously we know it was not the case with Kimba, um, he's going to fucking take that. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, basically what I do with my life and uh, how boring I am? No, I'm just playing. Um, no, but like, what are you? What are your thoughts on essentially like the machinations of that? And um, like, is that a deal that you would have been comfortable giving Kimba? Well, you know, uh, I'm fully recovering from my nap. Just give me a second. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Luke was supposed Uh, to be on this show. Like, I thought I was going to be. I thought I was giving him the diatribe, not you. <laughs> Look, motherfucker, you want to talk math, you better not have me on next time. <laughs> I am not here to talk math. I am here to talk basketball. <laughs> um, when world well, collide. I don't know, man, because 
here's the thing. Uh, Charlotte was never in a good situation to begin with, uh, even though they, they, right. they looked like they were for the last two years. Uh, and I, I'll admit to that. They fooled me into believing in them. Uh well, a couple of years ago, like, um, and then like the last two years, I just didn't. I just like, nah, I don't trust you. I fucking don't trust you. And I know, I mean, look, it right. worked out because I didn't trust them, and they they did exactly what yeah. I expected them to do: not do shit. Right. Even though they exactly. they came closer this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, they look good on paper, but they wasted all this money on guys that were never going to be better than what they were. Kemba was Absolutely. the best guy they got, and guess what? They ended up wasting money in other places where they couldn't give. I mean, they couldn't. They could have given Kemba, but they couldn't help Kemba. So that's where they fucked themselves. Uh, so you got stuck with fucking Nicholas Batum, who had like the biggest drop off ever. <laughs> like Batum God, was one so of the best. Yeah, he was one of the best wings in the league, bro. And then like I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> he just stopped being good. Well, <laughs> he got happened, hurt, bro. But yeah, like, well, come on. It's not like he was a high school. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. <laughs> like, it, it, was, I'm it like, was like he got hurt, and then it just, like, fell off a cliff. Like, it was it was bad. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, like, platoon, bro. You were, like, uh, one of the better two-way players in the league that could pass. Uh, it was like, I don't know, bro. I, we need French uh, team fucking Nicholas platoon more so than whoever's been playing for the <laughs> right. fucking uh, Hornets the last couple of years. Um, right. Because, yeah, he he just fell off, and this wasn't wasn't worth the money. Um, then you have fucking Marvel Williams, who's been relegated to playing stretch form uh, since he's been in Charlotte. Was not not a bad pickup, and not, it's not like they overpaid for just shot slightly for Marvin, overpaid. But, That's probably yeah, one of their uh, best bad contracts. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who just like never yeah. like they gave him that thirteen nope. million dollar a year deal, and then he just like yep. never got any better. Like at all? Nope. <laughs> like they were like, yeah, that's the thing too. Thinking he was going to improve, and he just never did. Right. Right. Exactly. He just never developed to where you expected. And he was a top, you know, tell you the lottery pick. He was a high lottery pick. He was number uh, two. Some people. Right. Exactly. He was the second. And he was the second overall pick behind Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's like yeah, and talk then, about like your all-time yeah. bad luck. Yeah, for real. And then you're like number two, and then you go, and the guy barely plays. Now they play him at power forward and shit because he can't shoot. And you're like, I don't know what else They do. don't play him, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they when play they him. play him. When they play right. him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and so drafting has been an issue. I mean, Cody Zell has been their setter now for a while. Uh, but he's nothing. He's never, just he's never healthy. An average player. No, he's not. Average he's not he's a, never healthy. He's been there. He's average, though. Well, that's yeah, but he's, he's played 82 games the last. He's played 82 games combined the last two seasons. Has he really? <laughs> like, I mean, they have – Yeah. So they, like, they have three centers, half, too. Essentially half a season the last two seasons when you add it together. They haven't drafted I mean, him, though. That's another thing. They drafted No, Kimba was the only, guy they, they the only guy they got that was any good. Yeah, for real. I mean, I really I, have hopes I do for like Bridges. Bridges. I like Bridges. Yeah, yeah I do like yeah. Bridges, too. Uh, Malik Monk. But it's tough uh, that they I don't know what to expect from Monk. <laughs> like, they drafted two power forwards to go with the other three yeah. power forwards. Back to back season. Uh, yeah, so you know it is what it is with this team. Uh, I, that's what I mean. I don't know what to expect. A free agency that did. I like the pickup of Terry Rozier. Uh, I think he's a, a, de- a decent, you know, bandage. But that's all he is. He's just a bandage. He's a, they're still downgrade at the end of the day. Uh, oh yeah, Walker. Sure. Um, so so you at this point, you know. He's not a bad I mean, player, but he's not horribly overpaid. Team. 
Yeah, that's why I took it. You didn't hear the story? Like, Terry Rozier was going to the Knicks, but then Charlotte, they're like, no, we're going to give you all the money. And he's like, well, I can't turn that down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he went to Charlotte. Because <laughs> yeah. essentially, like, I'm sorry. Because I, I guarantee you what the Knicks would have done is said, we'll give you the deal we gave Julius Randle. <laughs> we're not giving, like, we'll oh, give yeah. you, like, like a, a lot of money, but it's going to be only two years guaranteed. Right, I think it was gonna be a year. I think it was gonna be uh, like more money, but oh, like really? off the Peyton's contract. Yeah, I think it was gonna be only for the the year or whatever, uh, based gotcha. on what he was saying. Maybe with like, a, I was ready maybe to take with a second year team option. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Um, and at first, yeah, it probably would have been better than what they gave out for Peyton. But um, I do believe that he definitely would have been a Nick. But yeah, they they definitely said no. We're gonna give you all the money. <laughs> so he went to Charlotte. Yeah. And hey, man, they needed to do something. So I guess I don't. I, w- I want to say money well spent, but that's not true. <laughs> so I'm not no, sure. I don't know how you get true a at all. B plus. Just don't spend that money. They like, go get Ish Smith. Yeah, there like, you, go. you need yeah, a stopgap point guard. Like there was a yeah, lot, but like Ish Smith, Thomas Ish Smith signed for Ish Smith signed for six million a year. Go offer him seven, right? <laughs> and be like, you can be yeah. our starter instead of the fucking wizard starter, like. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of point guards that were on the market yeah, that exactly. could have been there easily. Alfred Payton would have been there. Yeah. Could have got for cheap for a yeah. year. It, it Just so you can get your money in yeah. order, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's what for $8 million, fine. Like, it's way better right. than paying $58 million for three years. But anyway. Um, That's a lot. So I, I agree <laughs> with you with all these things, which is why, which is why I think this deal would have been so – good for them um, essentially because um, it would have not only made sense as far as re-signing him. It would have left them with so much flexibility as to his trade value because of the way you could structure the contract would be so much higher because it would be going down instead of going up. Um, right. And uh, it would be um, uh, it, the other advantage it would give you is by the time their cap space opens up again, it would also be going down. So even if they kept him, it would be easier. The the, the problem that they um, would have been in if they had it did it the opposite way is you know they're they're stacking up money as, with Kimba as he's getting older, um, and then you don't mm-hmm. have you know the flexibility to utilize that cap space in a market like say Sacramento where you always have to pay a premium to get players to come there. Um, so my my biggest thing is just with this is it gives you the best possible version of the asset um, of, of Kimball Walker. Um, and I hate to say that, like, to like call him an asset, but, like, let's just face it. That's in, in ways, in, in some ways, how players are viewed. Um, and I don't know. I, I just – I went on a whole tangent and, like, mapped out all the math, which obviously you didn't care about. I probably could have just – been like, trust me on this. Uh, I don't need to tell you the you numbers. You could have cut that in um, half. I would have just nodded yeah. my head. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. But uh, but nevertheless, that's what I'm saying. Like you maintain, you maintain that asset, and then like, then he becomes really a, a good trade value asset. Um, but also yeah. somebody that sure. if you don't get the right deal, you can keep for as long as you need because his contract is going down, so it's good throughout the five years. And like I said, he's 33 in the last year of the deal. He's still going to be good when he's 33 as long as he doesn't get hurt. He's not going to be great anymore, but he'll still be good. Um, 
and you won't be paying him like he's great. You'll be paying him like he's good, like he's really good, which he probably will be. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, – I think it would make for two things. One, I think it makes for an interesting case study, and two um, – or it would, I guess. Uh, and it'll be interesting if it happens with somebody else. But also, I wonder too, like if if maybe you could restructure um, the way they do contracts to say like you can make like why why do we tie the amount like when when it comes to max contracts why do we tie the amount um, in a specific way where max contracts can only be ascending and not descending like. Wouldn't you – like, why can't you take a contract where you say this guy's going to make, um, like, X, Y, and Z, Z being the biggest and X being the smallest, and just, like, let teams just flip that where they can go from Z to X, you know? Um, and, and like, we know what the figures are going to be basically with, with the projected math, and you could always do some minor alterations to it. It's not going to be – a, a gross alteration. Um, but I think given teams that kind of flexibility um, would kind of make a lot of sense. It's kind of like how we've talked about in the past, how it's, it's strange that you, you once you wave or stretch a guy, like you have to make that decision on the spot as to what you do with that money. Like for instance, it made sense for the Knicks at the time to stretch Joe Kim Noah, but, like now they got him on their books for three more seasons. Like, what's the harm in, in letting them be like, um, actually we're gonna um take back that stretch and we're just gonna pay out all of that amount this year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um or why can't you trade uh dead money? Like, that's another thing. Like it would make it would make things more interesting as far as matching salaries, um, as far as um everything. Like I mean, if you could trade dead money, um, I think you would also see more players, like more money spent um, by teams. Because, well, like, well, let's yeah, just say, for instance, let's just say, for instance, like the the Grizzlies didn't have to hold on to Solomon Hill's thirteen million dollars to be able to trade it. They would cut him mm-hmm. and sign another guy, and then if a trade came along that they could just trade that salary to. Um, you know, they could do that without having to keep him on the roster. Um, so I don't know. I feel like this kind of fits in too where Kimball Walker just happened to be a player um, that, you know, was in the position to be able to to do this, um, essentially having a backwards max contract because he qualified for the Supermax. But it will be so few people that qualify for it and actually would, um, you know, that, that – wouldn't be like I'm getting my super max, you know. Um, so I don't know. Interesting. But any final thoughts before we move on? No, I agree with everything you just said. I think we should be able to you know, trade that money. It'd be easier to make you know move shit around and with less waiting. Uh, there's some weird rules out there. <laughs> so hopefully somebody can stick to the future. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is too. Like I honestly think. Um, like I don't, I don't know who would be against it. Like you know, because so much of what the you know the rules that are set up with like with either of the things that you know I just brought up, um, <clears throat> so much of the rules are predicated on uh, like two parties agreeing 
that both uh, NBA ownership and the uh, the players union. Um, and I don't know why the players union would have a problem with that. That would mean more players getting money. <laughs> like, um, right. so it'd be more money spent, um, you know, by by teams. And and I don't see why teams would have a problem with it because it gives them more flexibility um, as far as assets um, and as far as like. Um, matching salaries and things of that nature. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see that addressed in in the upcoming um, CBA. I think it's in two years, three years, something like that. So, maybe Mm. we'll see some changes there. Uh, But anyway, just just some random thoughts. Some random thoughts I had today. It's been a slow news week, so, you know, I had to had to bring yeah. something interesting to the table. So I hope I hope our audience likes math more than you do. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> don't pull your breath. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, the, hey, it's called NBA Geekly, so you know, we we, we get yeah. really geeky about this shit. Um true. but anyway, let's move on. Um so I, I another little thing I put together is uh essentially a game of would you rather. Um would you rather have I'm going to give you two options. You let me know um, which one you'd rather have. So um, as a transition between uh, this decision that uh, Charlotte made with Kimba Walker, um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, would you rather have – would you rather be uh, in control or, you know, owner or whatever right now of the Charlotte Hornets or the Cleveland Cavaliers? I look at these two franchises and think these are the two worst in the league. If you're the Wizards, you're almost there, but at least you got a really good asset in Bradley Beal um, that hopefully they will trade and get a large, uh, you know, package of stuff, like really good stuff back for. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Hornets or Cavs, who would you rather have at this point moving Cavs. forward? I'll take the Cavs. Yeah, why? Yeah, Cavs have, have better younger assets. Uh, at least assets I think have higher ceilings. Uh, and uh, they honestly have more better. I mean, they're probably a better team regardless this season. <laughs> but I'm saying, hmm. like, I think going forward, the Cavs have a, sh- a, sh- a shorter window. I think they can get better quicker. Than, right, right now, there's a lot of question marks to the Hornets. So, personally, I, I would probably love Cavs. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They they did just draft another point guard. So now they're their two best prospects are point yeah. guards. So that's I can't wait to see how that plays out. Me too. <laughs> uh I'm very interested. Um they only got one nationally televised game, so <laughs> we're not going to see a whole lot of them. Um but uh and we probably don't I'll need to, but like I'll be I'll be interested like in watching you know, keeping up with the stats and highlights of like what, what yeah. they end up doing and how much they end up playing together and that kind of thing. Um, no, I'm with you here. Um, I mean, because bo- basically like neither team is, is in a very good position at all. I would be much higher on the Cavs if they had taken Culver because I just think he'd be I – don't, I don't think the difference yeah. as far as prospect level between Garland – I think Garland's ceiling is higher. I think Culver's floor is higher. And I think right. – um, I just think Culver's like a more seamless fit with Sexton. Um, And like, you know, it's just, we've seen it time and time again. Like um, wings just have value in this league. Inherently wings have more value than a point guard. Um, Unless your point guard is a fucking beast. Um, And and that 
you know, it happens sometimes, but not as often as we think it will. Um, so that that part worries me a bit for the Cavs. Um, but they both have huge payrolls, but they both have a lot of expiring money um, over the next, well, this year in particular, but even uh, after two more years. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. They, I mean, they definitely – I like Bridges a lot. I like Bridges more than I like Sexton. Um, if I'm being completely honest, um, but I do, um, I do think that Garland still has the potential to be better than any of those guys. Um, it's just gonna, we'll see, we'll see how it, how it, you know, pans out. Um, and you know, I I don't know, maybe Malik Monk will actually do something this season now that, you know, they, (laughs) now now that they don't like really have. Another Shit. shooting guard on this team. I mean, yeah, they'll probably. This is his I opportunity. Guess they'll probably start taking, but um, uh, I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, they they start. I mean, it depends. I think they should just go completely new, but they might even start the veterans from last year. They might. The last year they ended it with the two bridges, um, with uh, Marvin Williams and uh, Zeller. But if, if it's in my yeah. team now, if I'm going young. Uh, I'm gonna go start. Uh, what's his name and all the young guys? As many of the young guys, like Malik Monk, all the, uh, as many of the young guys I could start, yeah. just because why not? What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> You're not making the right. playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, my starting lineup is absolutely 100% gonna be um, uh, Rozier, Monk, Bridges, PJ Washington, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Willie. What Hernan Gomez? They got Hernan yeah, Gomez, Willie, yeah. Willie Hernan Gomez. Willie Hernan Gomez. Um, so yeah, throw that motherfucker in, get him some minutes, <clears throat> see if he's <laughs> if he's anything. He's coming up on a Earn contract that shit. extension next year. You probably need to give That's him right. some minutes to see if he's worth paying or not. You know? Yeah. Um, see what you got. Just my thoughts. Period. Right. Um, exactly. So yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, I don't think they're gonna do that, but. Um, no, but yeah, I, I think <laughs> right. I think I think the thing you know, honestly, what I what I really feel like is the um, the deciding factor here for me with Cleveland and Charlotte. I just feel like, and, and I'm not trying to throw shade at the city of Charlotte or anything, like because I'd rather live in Charlotte than Cleveland, absolutely. Um, but as yeah. far as like a fan base. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just saying. Like, not nothing city against city. Cleveland. Like it's city. fucking cold as shit in Cleveland. I don't like cold weather. All right. Um but uh but no, like I think Cleveland's fan base is just like way better. <laughs> like they're like th- their fan base You're talking um, shit about Bud I mean Bud? obviously What? <laughs> <laughs> but like no, that's I, I think it's a legitimate thing because like in, in Carolina, uh in North Carolina, um they're all like they care about UNC and Duke way more than they care about Charlotte. Like in mm-hmm. in Cleveland, they, were they don't when they got have the that. Back, they were, yeah. And like if they had been good, they probably would have cared about them a lot more. Um, it's a lot of churches. But like like most cities. But nevertheless, it's a college basketball state. Um, I mean, yeah, it really it is. is. Um, uh, so the the fan base North Carolina Duke. The, and whereas with with Cleveland, it's not like there's. Like I'm sure there's a bunch of Ohio State fans there, but a like Cleveland's fucking Basketball? not really that yeah, close to Columbus. Um, right. And like it's just like it's that team has been around forever. Like they 
they genuinely love that team. Um, and I think that's kind of a deciding factor for me. Like if I'm a, if I'm an owner or whatever, um, like I just rather, I'd rather have that kind of loyal fan base, um, you know, that, you know, probably is always going to fucking be fond of us because we won the championship that year with LeBron. Um, and obviously that kind of helps too. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go Cleveland. All right, let's move on. Jamal Murray or Ben Simmons, both these guys just signed huge fucking extensions uh, in the offseason, $170 million over five years for both of the guys. Um, which guy long-term, because, um, you know, we, we saw, you know, Ben Simmons, obviously he sat out his first year, so he was kind of behind in the race. Um, he looked great in his quote-unquote rookie year, um, but then he was just kind of stagnant from – you know, his, his, you know, first year playing to his second year playing, this will be his third year. This will be Murray's fourth year playing. And he took a, what I think was a big leap in the playoffs this past season. Um, who you got here? I think this is an interesting one. It is. That. It's very interesting. Mainly because it's very difficult to, in my opinion, because I think the upside goes to Ben Simmons. He gets the shot. Sure. I don't think there's a question. You know, but right. when it comes to Jamal right. Murray, Jamal Murray's already got a shot, <laughs> like uh, and a good one. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, uh, I think he's already he's already closer to his peak than, than Ben Simmons is. But will Ben Simmons ever get over the fact that he can't shoot? You know, past the fucking perimeter, we will see. Uh, I hope so, right? Because I, I I really believe in all. I think Ben Simmons has a higher upside. He's a six ten point guard. He can pass. He can rebound. He can defend. He can't shoot. That's his only problem. <laughs> At he can't all. shoot. At all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if he gets that jump shot, he's the perfect human, the perfect NBA player. He is basically what uh, LeBron is now, except less is physical. But I think he has that potential. You know what I mean? So I, I probably right. just based on his potential, based on potential alone, I, I go Ben Simmons. Right now, Jamal Murray is, is, is a better package. But I think he has less upside than Ben Simmons. Well, and you know, there's some there's some other interesting parts to this because they both they're both very unique point guards because, like you said, Ben Simmons is this six ten power forward body, um, but he does play point guard. Like um, yeah. even like guards uh, opposing point guards at various times. Um, like you know, we we talk about like you know LeBron playing point guard. Le- like LeBron's never going to be like like being up against other like opposing point guards. That's just not going to happen. Ben Simmons will do that and has done that. Um, but like, so, you know, obviously he doesn't have the jumper though, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's just a weird fit. I mean, he's, he's somebody that you really have to kind of fit, uh, you know, around. Um, and Jamal Murray's kind of the same kind of weird fit. Cause he's, he's really more of a two guard. Um, like, yeah. Honestly, um, in a traditional sense, not necessarily today's NBA, yeah. but in a traditional sense, he's more of a two guard because um, he's mm-hmm. a score first guy. He's not a like super gifted passer. Um, like just mm-hmm. his, um, like you know, you, you, he's definitely no Ben Simmons because he doesn't have the body type. But you even look at like say a guy right. like Trey Young, who's just this fucking um, magician with a basketball as far as getting it right. to various guys. Like Jamal Murray's like nowhere near that. He's just not. Um, that kind of player, but you know he just so happens to play next to the probably the greatest passing center of all time. Uh, n- no, uh, nothing against Will Chamberlain. Man did average 
um, double-digit assists uh, for yeah. a, a one season. Um, but still, uh, I I think that being said, like I I I I think in a vacuum, I'm gonna go Ben Simmons like you because I think the upside is just it's just crazy. Um, but as far yeah. as like no. As far as who I would take based on their fit on their own team, I'd probably take Jamal mm-hmm. Murray because he's he just fits so fucking perfectly with Jokic. Where as Ben Simmons, like he, they're having to mold him into fitting yeah, around Joel Embiid, and and, and not league, necessarily fitting and he can't shoot. right, exactly. <laughs> but not necessarily just fitting around Embiid, but like with them fitting together. But like here's the thing. Like, if you – and and don't get me wrong. I fucking love Joel Embiid. Love him. Um, and I think he's a better overall player. Um, but if you if you swap him out for Carl Anthony Towns, like, all of a sudden, like, all of what Ben Simmons does is, like, totally unlocked. Because, like, you put Carl Anthony Towns on that team, and he takes six or seven threes a game, he's going to hit over 40% of them, whereas Embiid mm-hmm. – can't do that. Like he's not that. He's not like he's not a bad three point shooter. But so he's you're not, like, saying they should trade shooter. Ben Simmons for Andrew Wiggins? That's what you're saying. Oh fuck you! <laughs> like hell no. <laughs> um, but what I am saying is that the the seamless fit is not there that it is for Jamal Murray. So it'll be interesting to right. see how that affects uh, Simmons' early career. Um, with with this five year extension versus um, Jamal Murray, um, I think that'll be something kind of intriguing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you in a vacuum. I think you got to take Ben Simmons. All right, here's another good one: Paul George or Clay Thompson. All right, so we got two guys that are roughly the same age. I think Clay's maybe a, a year and a half older, um, or maybe yeah. just a year. Um, and they basically play the same position. Uh, technically, one's a shooting guard, one's a ball forward. But um, right. but they're they're almost the same size. I think Paul has uh, a couple inches on him, um, but same kind six, of frame. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, six nine, six seven, um, and uh, both are really good fucking defenders. Both are really good offensive players. Obviously, Paul's better at getting his own shot. Clay's more of an off-ball guy. Um, but, like, you know, again, I think a lot of that is fit and preference, like, which you prefer. Um, and it just so happens that both of them are kind of banged up to start the season. Obviously, Clay's got the ACL tear. Paul has the shoulder problems. Um, who are you going with here? Oh, Lord. I, I have to go with the more all-around player, in my opinion, uh, and Paul George. I think uh, mm-hmm. I do like Clay Thompson a lot. I think he's in, uh, one of, like we said, I think we, we both said this. Um, he's the best 3 and D guy in the league to the point where he it's, it's just almost a, a, an insult to call him a 3 and D guy. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's, uh, he's just he is the all-star version of a three and D guy. Yeah, he's the best. Like what uh, an all-star. I mean, what a three and D guy hopes to become is, is what right. he is. Exactly. Uh, is that because he gets like, when he's on fire, man? That that man is. He can go for like seventy, and it's just one of those things. That, points. He had sixty points in three quarters. He had thirty-seven in one quarter. <laughs> he was fucking right. crazy. Uh, 
He is. He's insane. He's an amazing player. But Paul George, I mean, I don't think Clay Thompson, I don't know if Clay Thompson will ever be more than that. Whereas Paul George was basically MVP last year at one point. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, didn't think, I don't know if Clay will ever be in contention for MVP. I just don't. Because he's, uh, he's, he's, he's always going to be the B guy. I don't think he'll ever be the A guy. But Paul George has been the A guy. He right. be an A guy. And, you know, can also and be even a B guy. overtook the A. Prove that as well. He could, he could do both. He could. He's versatile. Uh, and, he definitely, right. and he took over the A role from fucking Russell Westbrook, you know? So it's yep. one of those things where, yeah, in my opinion, PG, who could do everything Clay can do, just maybe it's a little better. <laughs> maybe it should jump I don't think he I can think do Clay everything Clay can do, though. Well, yeah, jump I'm shot. I, mean, I don't think he's a better shooter overall, yeah. Basically. Because Paul George can shoot. He's just, but you think Clay's more clutch? I, yeah. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue with that. Um, no, I can't really argue with that either. Um, but that's situational. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, Paul, uh, in the end, uh, Clay will have more help on the clutch side than, than PG would. Uh, but I don't know. Not I don't disagree with you there. Um, overall, though, I still say PG. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's all all fair points. I'm gonna go with Clay. Um, I just think Clay is like just the easiest fit. I I just think I yeah. love Clay Thompson, dude. Like, I mean, but no, it, 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 it. But this is why because he is the quintessential player that you could put like you could fit with any other Anywhere. player. Literally yeah, any other could. player. Um, You're right. Like he's just he he fucking is just brilliant, man. He plays defense. He fucking he gets open shots. Like even though he doesn't create his own shots in the um, in the traditional sense, the way that Paul George can take you off the dribble and shoot over the top of you, Clay doesn't do that. Like he does occasionally go off the dribble and get into the paint. Um, that's not like his game, but he can do it. He just doesn't. It's not what he excels at. But like his presence off ball and his ability to get open without the basketball, I think is way more important than than um, people give him credit for. Not that I'm saying you're not giving him credit. I'm just saying like in general, right. I think it's it's an overlooked right, and it's an overlooked facet of basketball is. How effective are you at the game when you don't have the ball in your hands? And Clay Thompson is the ultimate, uh, the picture-perfect portrait of perfection uh, when it comes to uh, how do you play basketball with, without the basketball in your hands. Um, and I think that's like just innately valuable. Um, and I, I don't think Paul George can do that. Like, I've never seen him do it. Like, maybe he can, I don't, but I've never seen him do it. Like I, he doesn't operate like that. Um, now, what he does do, like you said, is like he fucking can take over a game with the ball in his hands. Um, absolutely. He, uh, both of those guys are great defenders. I don't, I don't even think I could pick who's better. Like, I, I, I really, I really can't because they're both just fucking great. I think Paul George statistically is better, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like Clay Thompson, um, like just my eye test. I don't feel like I just immediately award it to Paul George, even though, like, if you look up, like, number of steals and blocks and stuff, I guarantee you Paul George has way more. Um, but, like, I, I would like to know, like, what, like, opposing opponents' field goal percentages are 
um, when they're being guarded by those two players. Like, that would be a very interesting um, – I bet Clay Thompson's is really fucking good because, like, that's the thing. He doesn't get recognized because he doesn't get stats, but, like, nobody scores on him. Like, he, he can shut dudes down because um, he just – he plays perfect defense. He puts his body where it needs to be. He always has his hands where they need to be, um, and he just affects shots. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I'm just such an admirer of the way Clay Thompson plays basketball. I'm actually I'm, – I'm really excited for what the Warriors hopefully will be once Clay gets back and – like, now that they're not a fucking, like, juggernaut anymore, I think it'll be fun to watch them again. Like, I'm not going to hate the Warriors anymore. Um, so, I think... Yeah, I'll probably hate like, them. I'm not going to be It's going to take me a little bit. Yeah. But it's going to take me a little bit. I, just, but I, mean, I, always want I think I agree with you. <laughs> it's good. I'm very spiteful. <laughs> so, it takes me a little bit to get over it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'll definitely, you know, all my hate is going to go towards the Nets now. So, good. So right, they definitely don't hear. You, know, <laughs> you just hate whatever Katie goes to now. <laughs> yeah, little bitch. Imagine. <laughs> the worst part <laughs> is I liked the Thunder with KD. I did. I really did. They were yeah. a fun team. You know, you know I liked KD yeah. was one of my favorite players in the well, league once. You know. Yeah. Well, no, I, I love so Should happen. Um, it's funny though. I loved, <laughs> I loved the Thunder um, with KD. Um, and then mm-hmm. the Warriors came along um, before he joined them, and I, like, changed sides because I didn't really have, like, any allegiance. So it was just I, – I, like I, – you know, I'm just, like – like, you know, when it comes – when it's not the Hawks and the Sixers, I'm just, like, all right, like, I like the way this team plays. I like the way that team plays. I like their, like, style. I like their chip on the shoulder, underdog, whatever. Um, and so when the Warriors came along and started, like, getting good and whatever, I was, like – Damn, dude, this team's fucking fun to watch, man. Like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so yep. I remember when when they uh, came back from that 3-1 deficit um, against OKC. I was rooting for the Warriors. I was totally rooting for Me the too. Warriors in that series. I was, um, too. Me, too. And then when KD went and joined them, I was like, fuck that, man. I'm back with the Thunder. Fuck y'all. Like, I hope Russell Westbrook beats the shit out of you every time he plays you. Um, and like it just never fucking happened. But I remember watching all of those games, and like they did finally win one. Like I think last year or the year before um, against Golden State. And I was so happy. I was so happy for Russ, and I was just so happy for OKC. It was like, yeah, you fucking did it. Like fuck KD. Like um, which you know, I mean, uh, I, I I felt for them, so I, I shifted. I, I swayed back. Um, but anyway, um, we're kind of getting getting off topic here. Um, but yeah, so you're taking Paul, I'm taking Clay. I think it's a great toss up. All right, let's move on. Uh, Embiid or Jokic? Oh damn, that's a toughie. Uh, wow, it's tough because um, of the injuries, injury concerns. Yeah, that's what makes tough it tough. It is. Uh, that's what makes it very tough. Uh, I think one of the best big men in the league right now is the, the, the Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. And one healthy, uh, Joel Embiid is arguably the best center in the league. Um, right. I don't even think it's that uh, arguable. It's, yeah, okay, well, you know, it may be because of injury it's arguable. <laughs> but if he's, if he's healthy, he's yeah, healthy. right. He's yeah, it's because of injury that it's <laughs> arguable. But, like, Joel Embiid yeah. is, like, as far as, like, offensively, 
is like he's got a different style, but he's like just as good and effective as say you know a Carl Anthony Towns or a um, Jokic. Um, but then what, what separates him is like defensively, he's like Rudy Gobert. Like he's that good defensively. He's bar none mm-hmm. the best big man in the league when he's hundred percent healthy. But that's why I bring this up because. And, and honestly, I feel like it's weird. You could even <laughs> throw Carl Anthony Towns into this mix um, if you wanted to make it a three-horse race. Because, um, I mean, he showed out. At, like, after they got rid of Butler and brought in uh, – fired Tibbs and brought in um, – oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Saunders, uh, Flip Saunders' son. Um, they, they, you know, uh, he really showed out. But anyway um, – could continue because you were formulating a, a choice there. It was. Um, the problem was that it was never going to be an easy choice because uh, I think the best mm-hmm. passing big man in the game is, is obviously the Joker. Uh, if mm-hmm. you look at it and like, oh, what defects is he? Well, he's not the best defensive player. Now, you know, not like he's, no. Uh, I'm not sure how many blocks he averages, but he's not. He's not the best defensively. He's, he's slow-footed, but he's probably. He's, but he is but the most smart. probably most skilled big man. He is. Right. Probably the smartest. I mean, honestly, I mean, he's such a good passer. He can shoot the ball. He can uh, uh, rebound the ball. Uh, he can do everything yeah. offense, offensively you want. He's basically a, a, a point five, which is almost impossible. In yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's like, what is a point five? Uh, Joker is a point five. <laughs> That's what that looks like. Yep. Um, more or less. So, yeah, totally don't. This is again, this is a very difficult choice for me. So, uh, but I think. If you take the injuries away, it's definitely Embiid. But if you don't, then it's like hard, hard to make that decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Joel because it's just he's a beast. Because <laughs> he's got your name. <laughs> he has my name, and he's the only one that says it right. <laughs> like, there you go. Always <laughs> you know? calling people Joel. Stop calling me Joel. They don't call him Joel. Why you call me Joel? What's the difference? It's the same spot the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, this shit is is supremely difficult. Um, I would definitely, I would put both Embiid and um, uh, Jokic slightly above Cat in this pecking order. Um, I feel like Cat. I think is gonna be fucking great, man. Oh, he's Kat. like, he's just such. He's just, dude. He is. For the last like three seasons. Um, at least the last two, because I started keeping track, but I think I went back and looked at this the other year. Um, first of all, he, like, never misses games. He's a fucking Iron Man. Like, he he finally missed, like, his first uh, game after three seasons of playing 82 games. He finally missed, like, a game last season because he got into, like, a minor car accident or something. Um, and Or maybe it wasn't that minor, but the injuries that he sustained were minor. Um, so he, like, had to miss a, a game or two. Um, but anyway, um, the guy, like, never missed his fucking game. Um, and he's the only player uh, to average uh, 20 points, 10 boards while shooting uh, 50% from the floor, 80% from the free throw line, and 40% from three. Only player in the whole fucking league to do that in each individual year the past three years. That's remarkable. Um like yeah. it's just fucking crazy. Uh but anyway, impressive. um Oh yeah, dude, I I so impressive. Um but nevertheless, I um 
I honestly like just and, and it is because of the injury. Uh, I'm gonna go Jokic. Um, I think he does present some amount of problems as far as defense. Like that's undoubtable. That that is is yeah. absolute. Excuse me, absolutely true. Um, but I don't think he's a bad defender. It's like you said. He's just like, he's not as physically gifted um, as as some of these other guys. Um, it's just as far as innate athleticism and all that, but he's smart. He plays smart. He knows where he should be. Um, I don't think he's a bad defender. I just don't think he's a plus defender. And generally speaking, you want the center to be the defensive anchor. Um, but I think the way the league is shifting, I think it's almost kind of equally, if not more important for your like defensive anchor to be a wing player, or at least a guy who's capable of guarding the wing. Um, right. And like, like I would rather, honestly, like if if I had to pick, like, where would I rather have like my my defensive, like my best defensive player? Like I, I'd probably rather have like a, a dude who plays like the four, because um, he can. Because in that case, usually guys nowadays who play the four, they can get out on the perimeter a little bit and can like protect the paint a little bit. Like you look at a dude like PJ Tucker. Um, or Robert My. Covington, um, dudes like that. Um, dude, I'm talking about BJ Tucker. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think in a, in a, just like I said, because of the injury concerns, I, I would go with Jokic. I mean, you're looking at it long term. I don't know how long Embiid's gonna be able to, like, just be able to do it. You know, I mean, he's got. So much baggage injury wise. I hope he can do it for like ten more years because I fucking love watching him play. It's fucking amazing. Um, but I'm I'm way more confident that Jokic is gonna you know do this for a long time. Like I think Jokic could be playing like he could have like a twenty year career. Like he really could. Um, just because he doesn't rely that much on athleticism, he relies on his his smarts and if he you know, keeps his body in somewhat reasonable shape because um, he's not even in the best shape now. Um, I think he'll be good. I mean, I think I think he could easily play 15 to 20 years. Um, but anyway, like very, very, um, very, uh, very close there, though, and definitely the injuries that point me in that direction. All right, De'Aaron Fox or Trey Young? Ooh. This is even tougher, honestly, because uh... – yeah, Fox is trending upwards, and uh, oh, dude, it's not like oh, like him sucks, playing you know? USA basketball, dude. Like he's, oof. he's yeah, he's moving. Uh, I like this kid a lot. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is uh is balling, uh, and obviously Trey Young is uh obviously no bust at least no so far. He's had a, he had a great end of the season. Uh, I think uh, De'Aaron is not as good a shooter as Trey uh, overall. Uh, I don't even think he's the passer that Trey is. He's just maybe a little bigger, so he probably has a better defensive potential. Um, I don't. He probably. I don't think he's as fast either, or as, as, as you know, Trey is not as as athletic or as fast as no, you know, not even close. Yeah. No, he's not. But I do believe but there's a chance. I think they're both oh. equally good finishers. Like in the way that yeah, Fox probably. is explosive. Trey Young is just so crafty when he gets in the paint. Like he he bounces off dudes and gets like angles for for layups off the glass that are just 
so fucking fun to watch. It's crazy. Like, yeah, it really, it almost kind of reminds me, at least in some respects, of like a, a slightly less athletic Allen Iverson. The way he would, like, find angles uh, to kiss it off the glass and bounce off dudes. Um, it, right. It, it, there's shades of that anyway. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, shit. Um, right now, man, that's a tough to, I don't know. Um, so I think the future is very bright for Trey Young, but I guess De'Aaron Fox splits just slightly. Uh, and that's only because he has a higher defensive potential, a little more athletic. Yes. Uh, maybe can probably last a little longer in the league because of that. Uh, Trey might be a little yeah. more brittle because of his still. He's cheating. <laughs> uh, but he does everything. Like, he, hey, he does that hey my dude day. put on 14 pounds of muscle this offseason, bro. So. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean, he's, uh, I, I like Trey Young. He's no, I, I liked him coming out of college, so I was, not, I was never against. Uh, I always thought he'd be okay. <laughs> you were the one that like, you were the one like, hey, what? Nick, it ain't that bad, dude. Like, this kid's going to be good. Like, I'm like, yeah, he Luca. is going to be good. <laughs> no, no, he and is. Good like, he's really good. He's good. <laughs> and he's so much yeah, better not... of a fit with John Collins than Luca would have ever been. You think so? I think they're around the yeah. same, you know? Absolutely. I think Luca. I th- man, I t- I, this is for a whole other podcast, but I already think the Mavs fucked up, like, trying to build – Around Luca and even Luca and Kristaps, so. like, yeah, really? big time, dude. Yes, oh, why is that? I don't like I'm the way their you. team's constructed because like Luca should be playing the four. <laughs> Luca, Luca should, should be, be playing, playing the four. four? Yes, oh, absolutely. Sure. Do you? That's why? what they did it last year. Like they played him at the they four. Last he year. played everywhere last year. To be fair, everywhere. Well, that's what One, I'm saying. Two, but he was three, most four. effective Except when they played him at the four. Right, well, he but he was most effective because because they can hide him on defense there, and he's six foot eight, and he's big enough um, <sighs> to where it, he can he can easily play that position defensively, um, and like he's not he's not fast enough to guard um, like perimeter guys. He's just not. So like you ideally want him to play the four defensively, but have him like uh, you know play basically you want him to play where you want LeBron to play. Like, right. in a nutshell, like you want that same exact style. Um, but anyway, that's like I said, that's for another podcast. Um, but no, I feel <laughs> you with the deer and fox pick. Um, like, I mean, I can't. I mean, obviously, Fox is much better defensively. Just he's bigger, um, he's stronger, uh, he is more athletic. Um, Trey's never going to be a like good defender. I think the hope is that he he's got such a fucking great drive and, and Fox does too, by the way. Um, but mm-hmm. he's got such a great drive that he's gonna apply himself and work really hard at becoming a non negative defender. Um right. and if he can do that then you know, I think as a team and an organization and a fan base, like you're happy. Like if you're if you're the Hawks. Um offensively Trey is a much better passer. Um, but I mean, he's much better than everybody in the league almost. Like he's top five already. Like just from last season, he's already one of the top five yeah. best passers in the league. It's ridiculous. For sure. um, like basically, LeBron is probably better than him just because of the experience and everything. 
Um, mm-hmm. You can maybe make an argument that Jokic is. He's just so fucking crazy good. Um, and then after that, I'm kind of drunk. Maybe Ben Simmons because he's so tall and he's got that vision. Um, but like Trey Young's right in in there in that in that mix. Um, but anyway, so he's he's that he's got he's got deeper range. But um, it'll be interesting to see because obviously he shot the ball so poorly early on in the season that his percentages were were pretty low. But he came on at the end of the right. season, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but Fox shot the ball really well last season. Like. He worked on it the off season before. That was one of his biggest drawbacks coming into the league and through his first year was he couldn't shoot. And like unlike Ben Simmons, he was like, Nah, I'm gonna figure this shit out. And he did. He figured it out. And now he's fucking now he can shoot threes. Um but he doesn't have the range or the touch that Trey has. Um but he still has become a quality three point shooter. Um so basically I think I think it really boils down to Trey's going to be better on offense overall. De'Aaron Fox is going to be better on defense, absolutely. Um, and where where's the balance there? I'm kind of like even even right now, um, but I I want to be I want to be cautious and say I want Trey to prove it for a second season. Like give me a great second season from front to back, and then I'll pick Trey. We saw that from De'Aaron Fox last year um, and all this talk coming out of USA Basketball and everything. Like, I think if I had to project who's going to have the better career, I would probably say Trey as of right now. Um, but right. as of right now, who, who do I think is the better player? Um, Both and upside. who yeah. has the higher floor and everything? Uh, yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would say Fox. Um, just, I mean, but I think Trey's just got some innate advantages on the offensive end. Just his his abilities as far as passing and his range are just just astronomically ahead of most people. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's really fucking hard. Um, yeah, so no I'm copping doubt. Out. I'm, I'm copping out. That's that's the best answer you're gonna get. <laughs> um, I got you. Right. I got you. Last one. Yeah, last one. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> This is tough. I am a bigger fan of. I can Donovan tell you Mitchell. who Juan would pick. <laughs> oh, I know too. <laughs> yeah, he definitely go Booker all day. <laughs> Booker yeah. don't defend though. And nope. Uh, as much as I, uh, I just I don't know. I just like that. I slightly like Donovan Mitchell more, but to me, Devin Booker is what uh, what Clay Thompson would be if you know he didn't defend. <laughs> basically what I was there you go. Uh, uh, you know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I think I think Booker is better with the ball in his hands than Clay. Yeah, I would say um, he's a better. He handles the ball a little better. He's a passer. Yeah, better he's a passer. better self creator. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, so there there are benefits to um, to Devin Booker, and I think Devin Booker is a great player. By the by the way, he's a top shooting guard, but so to me is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah. I think there's more upside with Donovan Mitchell. Even he's a little smaller. Devin Booker's a little bigger, uh, but again, he's bigger, but doesn't really use his size <laughs> necessarily. Um, um, yeah, he takes some of the uh, most acrobatic shots when it's like, bro, you didn't need to make it that fucking crazy. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you know, like you're bigger than that guy. <laughs> Not to do that. Yeah, just bully him a little bit, bro. 
Like, yeah, he's not tall. Back him up. Big, back him up. Jason Kidd yeah. was never, you know, he back him up. Right. Back him well, he was big for a point guard, though. I mean, he was even well, tall for a point guard. Four, true. For a point yeah, guard. Yeah, but that was tall was. for a point guard um, in that era. Like, most of those guys were six months. That's true. True. That's very true. Um, but overall, uh, I'm going to say, oh, man, it's tough. And Devin Booger is one of the very few players currently playing that actually caught a 70 in the game, bro. It's fucking not easy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not easy to do. <laughs> not easy to do. But he did it. Um, Donovan Mitchell was a prodigy. <laughs> like, he kind of stepped up a little <laughs> bit. A little, not as good la- last year, but still a very good player. And to me, he's the face of the Jazz, in my opinion. Like, they were really yeah, good bear. absolutely. So, I would say, and that's that Devin Booker's not the face of the Suns, because he fucking definitely is. Um, oh, yeah. By default. <laughs> he's yeah, their only good fault. player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, the, he's definitely the best player, um, at the very least. So, I'm going to say, shit. He's their only really good player, <sighs> put it that way. They got they got some other good players, but, like, Donovan Mitchell yeah, has some really good players. Or yeah, at least Don, one Don other, definitely... two other really good players, like, and last year, at least one other one in Rudy Gobert. Donovan Devlin has more help, way more help <laughs> right. uh, than Devin, uh, for sure. Uh, Suns, I don't know what potential are for the Suns this year. He'll be playing with Donovan's old point guard buddy. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe it helps. Uh, not that he defends much either. But, um, <laughs> and he doesn't shoot very well either. No, he don't. But that's what you got Booker for. You just need someone to pass it to Booker <laughs> and yeah. Aiton. So we got weapons there. And yeah. Rubio will have people, you know, all day. You know, so I, I still I, think it's it, it might work out. They traded their best three point shooter and and gave away yeah. gave away the number thirty two pick to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, right, here you go. I don't know what they were thinking there. There's a guy who shot forty three percent from three last year. Take the thirty second overall pick. <laughs> you know it's funny. I heard a story that the Pacers like they didn't know if they were being, you know they were joking or not when they did that. Like, <laughs> right? you That's what I would have imagined. <laughs> like it was basically like you know we at the trade deadline last year we were like talking about like how the fuck did the Clippers like figure out or how the fuck did the Clippers get Zubats for fucking Mike Muscala like how the fuck did that happen right. and. And basically, right. we found out the Lakers. They were like, "Yeah, the Lakers just called us up and asked us if we wanted to do it." And we were like, "Uh, sure." <laughs> and like, <laughs> and it's basically like the Suns were like, "All right, hold my beer. Like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna one up you. Not only are we gonna give you a guy who shot, who's on a reasonable contract, who shot 43 percent for three last year, but we're gonna give you a pick too. Like, the fuck? Yeah, really." <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, you know, you live and you learn. Some people like them. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, whatever. Anyway, what was the question? Donovan Mitchell was my my answer. It was Ben Mitchell. Mitchell. You were were getting towards it, but we kept getting sidetracked. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Mitchell, too. I just don't (laughs) – I I know – it's funny. I'm of two mindsets here, and they're going to seem like they're mutually exclusive, but they're not. Um, A, I know what Donovan Mitchell is, um, and I'm not sure what Devin Booker is because he's on such a shitty team. Um, 
But like yeah. I know what I what I know what Mitchell is because we've seen him like help get his team to the playoffs two years in a row. Um Yeah. I don't think we know it, it, like Devin Booker could just be like a, a huge stats bad team guy. Like he really could be that. We don't know yet. Mm, that's um, a scary but thought. I also feel at the same time, I also feel like <laughs> I I know what Booker um I I know what 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 Booker's ceiling is, and I don't even have a concept of what Donovan Mitchell's ceiling is yet. Like I really don't, dude. I don't know how good this kid can get. I feel like I have a better pulse on how good Booker can be because he's like he doesn't play defense. He scores a lot of points. Like he's basically he's like a slightly better version of Zach Levine, and I don't really like Zach Levine. Um, so like. You He's know, I'm just me, sure. That's fine. <laughs> I I know I know Jawan loves him, um. But like, but yeah, like with Mitchell, it. like I don't like if this dude starts shooting like at a like higher clip from three because he's not he takes them, but he's not like he's not ultra ultimately he's like cl- um, um automatic hugely effective. Um, he doesn't shoot right. a great percentage. Um, and like we said, he takes some crazy acrobatic shots and everything. I think they've just relied on him so much to create offense for them the past couple of years. And now that he's got fucking uh, help uh, in, in the forms of both Mike Conley and Bogdanovich, um, I think that's going to be immensely helpful for him um, as far as offensive creation. I mean, I, I like Joe Ingles and everything, but like, that Joe Ingles is not as good as either of those guys, um, and yeah, and Conley just makes leave. everybody on his team better. Like that's what that dude does. Um, so I yeah. look forward to seeing that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my little thing in a nutshell. I'm definitely taking Mitchell. In fact, this one was the easiest one for me. But I've heard it, I've heard it in a few circles, and I've heard some good arguments for Booker. Um, I just side more with Donovan Mitchell. Um, all right, we got like. We got about 15 minutes left. You want to breeze through this uh, Southwest Division best of best uh, do it. I don't think All right, Dallas Mavericks, the last one. I think oh, it's going to be hard to rank them, but it's not going to be hard to pick them. It's JJ Barrett and Dwight Powell, right? This is where we're going with. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's going to be the Luca KP uh, duo of the year, you know, according to Dallas News, but um. Um. Yeah, I mean that's not a question, right? You know that we're got the same duo, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not a okay. question. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Houston. What's not a question? question. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely James Harden and PJ Tucker. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's James Harden yeah, right. and Hart- uh, Graham Gordon, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hey man, last year in the playoffs it was James Harden and Eric Gordon. So it was for no doubt. Six. Eric Gordon is in game six, the game they lost, Chris Paul was a fucking beast. They think he shot like seventy five percent from the field. It was ridiculous. Um but no, I mean it's obviously Russ and Harden. All right, Memphis. It yeah. gets a little trickier here. I'm this is say, a little trickier, but go ahead. I'm still I still feel like it's pretty easy though. It, it's John Morant yeah, and, me too. and uh Triple J. 
Totally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you could uh, make an argument for Valanciunas because I think he had a great fucking year there. Like, he, like when he got there. Yeah. Uh, but he really did. You know, yeah. The future is within triple, with triple J and uh, Douchey. Um, John Morant. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to be good. Well, together, you know. John, like, for real. <laughs> I think Triple J was banged up a little bit last year. And, he, you know, he was he was kind of – he's obviously, like, a really good defender. Um, I think he's going to be a great defender in the league. Um, but he's still kind of figuring out, like, a little bit of timing and stuff. Like, he fouls a little too. He goes he, – he attempts to block too many shots that he shouldn't. It's kind of the same thing we saw with um, – with your guy last year, uh, Mitchell Robinson, like he's gonna be so good defensively, yeah. Um, but he's got to learn. He's got to learn. There's certain shots that you just need to let go that like aren't worth committing a foul because you're not gonna be able to block it. So you're either going to commit a foul or you're just not gonna get there in time. So just like don't worry about it. You don't have a chance at the block. Don't go for it. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, all right, this is the one that I actually think is tough on this list. A little bit, um, at least I feel like you can make an argument for a lot of a lot of different guys. Um, I feel like we're gonna ultimately have the same two though. Um, the Pelicans, um, definitely Drew Holiday is the best player on their team, and I think yeah. I, I just think it's because he's the number one pick and all the hype. You you, you got to go with Zion, but I do think there's interesting arguments to be made for a lot of the other dudes on the squad because they've got a lot of really good yeah. dudes. I do. Yeah, you can make arguments for, like, J.J. Redick and, and uh, Derek Favors, but at the end of the day, dog, it's, it's, it's... Brandon Ingram is more who I was thinking of, like... Um, oh, Brandon Ingram. Like, you know what? I forgot he was there. I'm not going to lie. And Matt tells yeah, you right there. Like, I mean... He to be top two. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, um, fair enough. Um, yeah, well, he, he's got to earn it, you know. Look, I've look at, also I've never been the biggest Brandon Ingram guy, so personally, yeah. Uh, but I I do think he's gonna do really well there. I think he's very good. I think he's in a very good position this year to to do damage um, because I think it's it's a good opportunity for him. I don't know if LA was the best spot for him personally. Um, We'll see. Uh, obviously, uh, I do. You also have um, what's his name? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? Lonzo uh, point guard. Lonzo. Why the fuck did I could not remember for the life of me? Yeah, Lonzo <laughs> Ball's there too, and that's another kid that's they gonna be trying to prove guys, himself. Man. Yeah, for sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> like, For like, sure. like, where the fuck is Josh Hart gonna get minutes? <laughs> like, and Josh, Poor Josh Hart, he's not. I know he is he's but fucking he's good. He ain't he's gonna not. get a like, damn. He's minute, gonna get dude. some. He's gonna get very little, if any, minutes. Very um, few. Um, well, yeah, hey, I'm trying to think. He's got. Like he's got. So like, it's probably inevitable that like half the roster only plays half the games this season because they're <laughs> hurt. That's true. Um, but hey, man, they overhauled uh, they overhauled the medical staff. They brought in like the Phoenix medical staff, who is probably just like everybody else, like fuck Robert Sarver, like we're gonna get the fuck out of town. Um, and they have traditionally been like one of the best medical staffs in the league, so um, that should definitely help. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely Zion. I I got an interesting question for you, just real quick before we move forward, though. Um, what's so up? what's up? Let's assume. Let's assume that Zion is your starting four. 
that Favors mm-hmm. is your starting five, and that Drew Holiday is either your starting one or starting two. You have three other dudes in Lonzo, J.J. Reddick, and Brandon Ingram. Who's coming off the bench out of those three? All right, so hold on. Ask that question one more time. Okay, so I'm going to give you three people who are locks to be starters. That being okay. Zion, uh, um, uh, Drew. Drew, and Favors. So okay, yeah. four that. and five, you got your starters. Drew can obviously play one or two. Um, your right. other, the other three guys who I think have potential to start are um, Lonzo, Reddick, and Ingram. Which one of those guys comes off the bench? Because obviously only two of them can start. JJ is coming off the bench. He's going to be here. I don't like year, that. I think. It's going to happen. Here's the thing. Here, don't happen. I, and that's fine. And that's fine. But here's why I don't like that. JJ doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. You want um, Zion to get like a lot of touches and everything. And you need that floor spacing, man. Like who the fuck is going to shoot the ball if you have – like who's going to shoot threes? If you have a starting lineup where nobody shoots the league average at three, or maybe Drew does, but he's not a he's not a like spot. He's not a really good three point shooter. He's a, at best league average. But no, nobody else on that roster is going to be league average. Like you need JJ shooting. So I almost think, and this this kind of sounds a little crazy, but bear with me here. Um, I almost yeah. kind of think. Um, I bring Ingram off the bench. I let Ingram be the sixth man because he can he can help create. Um, he likes to play with the ball in his hands. Um, and if you have Lonzo as your point guard, um, Drew as I guess offensively like as your two or three, and then Reddick um, like but defensively because Lonzo is like six foot six and that, like is like solid defensively. I don't think you'd have any problem guarding your your. Uh, perimeter wings. So then you could have Drew guard the better of the two backcourt guys and JJ guard the weakest of the backcourt guys. Um, I think that makes sense just more as far as structurally how I would construct the lineup with the guys available. Am I selling you at all on that? Uh, Yeah, you are. I mean, I'm never against JJ starting it. But again, uh, and it's because of his shooting that you would. He's better complement probably to, like, the rest of the team because that team doesn't shoot well. The, the starting five, I expect to see. Uh, I totally understand that, and I agree with you. But also, I just – just they're the, they're the young guys. Like, J.J. to me is, is the veteran they brought in. That's, like, almost like favors that is going to help be the bet of the team. I think Ingram and Lonzo are the future of that. At least they hope, you know, are the future of that team. So that's why I expect them to start at both of them. Uh, with uh Zion and of course um uh Drew, who they, they at least they see as the face of the team at the moment. So Yeah. Even, even if he's not the future yeah. of the team. You know what I mean? Right. <sighs> yeah, I mean it's 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 difficult, man. It's tough to like figure out I mean, there is no perfect answer to this question. They have such a weird lineup, and they have so many guys that need that deserve to play. Um, it's going to be tough yeah, totally. to figure yeah. that out, but, but we'll see. But yeah, anyway, let's move on to Spurs. Um, I mean, I feel like you can make an argument for a couple other French guys, but for me, it's DeRozan and Aldridge. Are you with me there? Right. Uh, right. I could make an argument, but it's not really much of an argument. <laughs> 
for me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it, it may be if, um, if DeJounte Murray hadn't gotten injured and had played last season and built on what he did his first season, um, I think in that case, or I guess it was actually his second season. But everybody's second season in San Antonio is actually their first season because they never get any minutes their rookie year. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they don't. change this year. Nobody does. They, yeah. they, they get in there and they're like, you need to learn the fucking culture first, son. We're the fucking Spurs. Yeah. You better recognize. Um, yeah. I'll but, say, uh, yo, I'll say yeah. this about – go ahead. No, no, you're, Pop you're is good, not guys. afraid to play any. No, I'm just saying, Pop is not afraid to play. Like who? Like if you have a question mark, he he doesn't. <laughs> like, he's not afraid mm-hmm. to play whoever the fuck is is playing. Like honestly, Britton Forbes, yeah, will they be playing elsewhere? I don't know, man. Mm, like maybe I don't they know will. about it. I don't. I don't know. They might, but like, I, I just I don't know. Britton Forbes is a small shooting guard. <laughs> uh, Derek yeah. White has the potential. I like Derek White. Derek White has the real. Uh, I think he's probably the best, one of the best of the young guys. Uh, but and obviously they're all stars of duos and um, right Aldridge, right? you know. Then that's their duo. But and they have decent pieces to go around. And their bench is still kind of iffy. Like they don't have a, a real. They're going to probably end up starting Polish, and they don't have a backup. They have a lot of. So. They have a lot of good guards. They don't uh, have a lot of good. Yeah. Everything else they do, like that's true. You, they there, do I mean, you just run down the line. You got DeRozan, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes. They got so many fucking yeah. guards, and I'm like, bro, y'all need to get yeah. some more wings. And they like tried this off season, um, yeah. But like, For sure. you know, I mean, and, and they got a couple, but um, you know, that's, not that's enough. Still, no, yeah, that's kind of a question mark. Yeah, not not enough. Um, but all right, okay. So let's let's uh, let's rank these guys. Um, all right, uh, Memphis is definitely fifth. Um, I don't think there was an argument there. Um, all right, who you got for? Yeah. I'm going. I'm probably gonna. Uh, <laughs> it's either I, I could go Mavericks, Pelicans, or Spurs or fourth. So I'm gonna let you go and then make my decision. Who you got? Um, I'm saying. Let's see. Um, you have oh oh uh, yeah Southwest Southwest. All right, so I'm I think I'm gonna go New Orleans here at, at four. Okay. Maybe because Zion stuff he's good. He's the, he's the talk of the town, but you know we still don't know what we're getting out of Zion. And Drew also very, very fucking good, but it's, has been a while since he's been an All Star. But uh, he is one of the better shooting guards. But again, it's been a while since he's been an All Star. So I'm, I think right now I have I have the fourth over Memphis. Okay. I mean, if I have Memphis, then of course I have uh, New Orleans. So currently, and then the um, next one, oh, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, let me let me. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll 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 defer to you on that one. I can't argue that much. All right, well, who you got next? Yeah, now is where things to me get trickier. <laughs> yeah. Now you're like, well, let's see. <laughs> um, this is where things get fucking tricky. Um, you have Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. I'm gonna say Houston's one just because yeah. those two guys are fucking no doubt. of nature. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> so yeah, the the Russ and James are one. 
So right now it comes down between the, the – I'm going to call the San Antonio duo the uh, reliable duo, <laughs> and then you have the maybe can be one of the best duo of that division. Right. The highest potential goes to Dallas, you know? Um, Absolutely. Shit. So I think I'm going to go Dallas too, and I'm going to San Antonio three. Because I do think at this point with with San Antonio, they've peaked. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why this was so hard. I almost was going to say Dallas at four. Um, Just because, like, I think they have to prove it too. They have to prove it with a fit. They have to prove it, um, like, with, um, like, can Luca, like, you know, we've seen the, 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 the pictures and everything of him, like, like working out, but I mean, I can't really fucking tell if he's in much better shape. I mean, he's working out, like that—that's good. Um, but I mean, he doesn't—he's kind of wearing some baggy shit. Like I mean, he doesn't look that much skinnier to me. Like honestly, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then of course, like I did see the workout thing of KP, and he's definitely bigger than oh, when yeah. he started in the league. But he's been at it for yeah. a while. Um, and he fucked up his leg, not his arm. So, like, I'm sure he's been, you know, working on his arms for a bit. Um, I bet. But, I mean, they still got to prove it. So, they're unproven. But that's the thing. Like, I agree with you. The Spurs are tapped out. The Pelicans got to prove it. The Mavericks got to prove it. Memphis is just not there yet. Um, so, with that being said, I'll I'll just default to you because it's not terribly important. Now, here's the question that I have. Um, who do you want to advance? Out of these, we'll say four teams, because I'm only I'm only advancing Houston because there's just too many question marks uh, with the other teams. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, the, the, those the, the clear cut duo of the Southwest is, is Houston. Uh, the other four are there's a lot of question marks. Like like I said, I think San Antonio's plateaued. Dallas has a chance to to become a top tier duo, but they got to prove it. Uh, and then of course you have question marks. They, uh, Memphis is young; they have potential, but they're, they're even they have they have potential just like Dallas has potential. But at least Dallas has already proven something. Memphis has to prove first of all they can stay healthy, <laughs> and then that they can play, right. You know, uh, and right. then you have uh, I'm missing one. Who's this? Uh, oh, New Orleans. New Orleans also has high potential, right. but I don't know how long Drew Holiday is going to be there. Zion can be the best in the league one day, but again, he has to got to prove that. So, I mean, nah, I mean, right? Because in the end, it could be Zion and Brandon Ingram, like you were saying. But that's to me, that's a future duo. We don't know yet. Right? It could be Lonzo and Zion. We don't know. Yeah, could be. Um, but there's a lot of questions there, and that's not that's not the duo now. Um, so, all right. So no, for the Western, that wraps up the West. Um, so the teams that made the cut: Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston. Utah, um, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the, that's it. Um, so those are that's all it. the teams that nah. made it. How many is that? Um, so we'll be we'll be jumping over to the Eastern Conference um, uh, very soon in, in the next podcast that Joel is on, um, uh, and yeah. you know we'll we'll <laughs> break those down and then we'll put them all in a group and we'll we'll vote them off the island. Um, one by one or however we decide to do it. We're playing this by ear. Um, this is just, yeah, this is the yeah. ultimate filler. This is the ultimate summer filler. But it's fun. <laughs> but, I like talking to uh, Oh, it is fun. fun. I, it. I hope everybody out there enjoys hearing it. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight, Joel. As always, sir, thank you for joining me. 
Um, Thank you. On uh, the third installment of uh, NBA Geekly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I, I know I'm going to fuck this up very soon. You and say, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. Um, but mm-hmm. hey, I haven't done it yet. Three episodes in. Um, but we'll, we'll so catch you soon. Till then. Peace. Peace.